how did you like you mentioned the masters like how did you end up with take this just out of curiosity was it like a (laughs) personal passion was it like one of those things life kind of took you that direction yeah it's a funny story actually so i've done my my whole background is in nonprofit work I got a master's degree in cultural studies because for a little while I thought maybe I'd go into academia. Mm-hmm. And I realized like that is not for me. Right? That is not <laughs> right. Right. that that really isolating. I like to work on practical things and with people. So right. um, that's not uh, nonprofit work. So then I I um you know I'd been doing grant writing and all kinds of fundraising stuff and nonprofit work. I was in an awful job. It was like the most toxic job I'd ever had. And I left and started doing consulting. And kind of needed to like recover from that experience. It was really awful. And um, in the meantime, my husband has been in the game industry for a long time. He runs a small game studio. Awesome. Indie gamers are are the heart of the industry, if you ask me. They are. And and he's made some awesome games, he and his team and his colleagues. So so I had, um, you know, I'd been adjacent to that world for a long time through him and, and, um, then he put out to my to his network that he, that I was looking for consulting, and um, the founder of Take This reached out and was like, "Hey, uh, we could really use some help." And it turned out they could really use some help, and they needed somebody with nonprofit experience, like how to run an actual organization as opposed to just like deal with the cause. And so it kind of fell in my lap. And honestly, at the at the beginning, I wasn't, I didn't really know what the possibility was, and I wasn't that excited about it. Mm-hmm. And, um. <clears throat> I quickly that shifted for me to understand. I knew I cared about mental health because mental health, as because it's such a common issue, right? Yeah, it affects virtually everybody, right? Right. It's 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 part of my family's life as well in serious and kind of um, workday ways. And so um, it was something we realized that as a family we wanted to talk about more. I didn't hadn't thought about it being like the thing that I worked on. Mm -hmm. And then as I got deeper into the work, I realized oh, I can do something really interesting here. And so now I'm like so happy to be here and so in love with my job. Yeah, that's here awesome. here we are. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see, I, I've, like I've always, um, so I'm, uh, you know, upfront, I'm uh, mental health visibility and I'm currently feeling out the sort of like boundaries of, you know, parasocial, like any pop psych term that ends up in our lexicon mm, gets misused yeah. constantly. And parasocial isn't good or bad. It can be used good and it can be used bad. But, you know. Yeah. And it's a real phenomenon, parasocial right, relationships. Right. With, yeah. with the ubiquity of, of the internet age, digital media, people watching my show every day and me being aware that, like, the audience will always know me better than I can ever possibly know them. You know, and you know, and, and so a lot of my audience are peers that I go hang out with in tournaments and stuff too, and you know, board game nights with a few folks too. And but, but still, like as 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 you get bigger, it's like wondering where that boundary is, especially when you have something like mental health visibility. Because like I I talk openly about the fact that recently diagnosed with bipolar two, um, I've always known I was depressed, um, but I was in de- I was in denial of the the bipolar aspect because of my relationship with my mother and so like that hit me like a freight train at the end of last year I was just like no I'm I'm just depressed I'm the I'm normal depressed I'm not my mom depressed you know and it was Mm. so it was um you didn't have a great relationship with her and so you know I've always talked about that stuff and and you know uh, at some point I became aware I probably have ADHD like check that box like severe ADHD and and CPTSD so talking about that stuff but avoiding trauma dumping avoiding using my audience like therapy like these are little things that i'm having to learn as i get deeper and deeper into this and also you know you know people like me the peers and and stuff like that like we're strong voices of advocacy so i'm aware that being open to an extent is is kind of part of the name of the game Mm -hmm. um 
And so it's like, well, you know, like normalizing bipolar in particular, like I've, again, I've always known I was depressed. I've always been public about that for the first time since I started streaming, being mentally health visible, like being stuff like that. I, with people in my orbit directly, I would say like, I've like, oh yeah, I have bipolar. Or like they'd see me take my meds. I'm like, oh, you know, you know, antidepressant. And like, I'd watch them like bipolar. That's one of the real crazy ones. And I'm like... I know because like, like on one hand, I'm like, I, I understand the like, uh, stigma. I, I get it. Cause even my mom, like I was, her main, she was bipolar one and I have a lot of trauma from, from that upbringing prior yeah. to, you know, being removed from that situation. And so like, I'm like, I can't even fault people, but to show people that like, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person, you know, like I am, I am mm-hmm. not some some like character on on a TV show that they use as like a you know a, a punchline or as a villain more often, right? Which is why this is so like right. why it's so important to normalize the conversation around mental health because right. there's such stigma and yeah. there's such really bad stereotypes around portrayals right. and and understanding what these things actually look right. like and mean. I see I see chat gang showing up here already popping off. We got Olfen Olfen chat Lexalopoulos who is a uh, actually clinical uh, psychologist as well. Uh, nice. He's been he's been on my show a few times. Uh, we usually do uh, like little gags where we uh, my first episode with him we did uh, we mapped the chaos gods from Warhammer to like basic human emotions like so which one is it and that was just a fun little fun little gag. Um, Domir's here, Kicker's here. I am of course the magical Mister Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Uh, I am joined tonight by the executive director of TakeThis.org, uh, the nonprofit for mental health uh, with a gaming focus. Uh, Eve Crevuche, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well, thank you. Great, great. I uh, yeah, really glad to be here. Yeah, no, this is awesome. I've been like, I've been a little bit nervous all day today. I'm like, this is like a real podcast. This is just talking <laughs> about like tiny, uh, you know, tiny toy soldiers, and then like, and then like, accidentally dropping some dialectics on somebody. Like, <laughs> this is this is the real deal. So I have to be on my best behavior um, and uh, try not to rant too much on the show. Named rant. Well, you can just pass it off to me. I'll rant for you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's great. So that's yeah. it's it's funny because like um talking about like destigmatization and stuff like that, like realizing that ADHD, for instance, was such a huge part of my life the whole time, um, and I called my show Rantcast because I knew I have an ability to talk way too much, um, and so it was like taking the power away from other people making fun of me that my shows are too long or that I. And it was this like internalized cope, like how I, I just find it fascinating how how now that I've been diagnosed with all these things, 
you know, stuff I was aware of and things I wasn't, reflecting yeah. back and going like, look at all these these coping mechanisms and all these things that I've been doing anyway. It's been it's been really wild. It's been a, it's been this this year in, yeah. in particular has been a weird journey. So um, that it sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of folks actually that I work with, you know, who are clinical psychologists, who are therapists, who you know, like have identified all the ways that their life is, co- you know, that they their personality or things that they do are coping mechanisms. Right. Mm-hmm. We we all do that. Right. We all have coping mechanisms, and a lot of for a lot of people, playing games are, um, and being part of game communities are coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, the, and and like it's important to know that, like, to say that coping mechanisms can be good and they can be bad. They can right. be both, right? right? Like sometimes coping mechanisms are really awesome and they're mm-hmm. necessary, right? Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why um in yeah, in particular in Warhammer, like I've been a part of a lot several gaming communities virtually my whole mm-hmm. life. You know, uh, tabletop RPGs I always say are like the highest rung on my nerd ladder. Um, but I don't have a tabletop RPG podcast. I have a Warhammer podcast, and then sort of adjacent to that, uh, it's usually been like video games. But um, mm-hmm. a lot of my interests cycle through. But one of the things that that the reason I ended up making a Warhammer podcast over other things is it's the community. And it's mm. I kind of had every all the other communities figured out that I've ever been a part of, you know, um, figured mm-hmm. out. Right. And this community, there's just I'll just sit back and I'll be like, why is this community like this? And it's just it's this curiosity, this fascination to this day. But like you said, that that coping mechanism, what I think is great about warhammer and video games that have this a little bit but with warhammer especially like when you're talking about mental health you sit down and you make a thing and then you paint the thing and you and you have a thing when i play video games there are video games out there that have defined my life like where i'm like this is you know i still make jokes that are referencing this video game or or uh stories i tell in my my personal writing uh you know uh, are just constantly ripping off all my video game inspirations shamelessly, unabashedly yeah. <laughs> stealing like an artist, as they say. Um, and but like those games that do that are like a little fewer and far between. And mm. it's mm-hmm. it's it's really easy to do the like like you said the non-productive cope. It was really fascinating because my son, strong hereditary component for ADHD, um, my son got the basically got diagnosed and they actually told us to let him play video games when he gets home. They're like, if that's, if that's become his thing, you got like, obviously within reason, but if that's become his thing, let him do that. Cause that's helping him decompress. And I'm like, I'm about to go like, yeah, but, and then I'm like, oh crap, I do the exact same thing. Yeah. You do the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, actually, that's the sign of a, of a good therapist who knows and understands how to support your kid. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so we, we can't, like, pu- can't punish, like, so if he doesn't clean up the yard, we can't punish him by taking away video games anymore. We have to, and I know as someone who has ADHD, I pretty much only respond to uh, external positive validation, right? Like, if, yeah. if you if you try to put the foot down, I go pure contrarian. Like, I just, you know, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, checking, I, uh, I crave validation, so like and subscribe. I, I need external pa- positive validation. I mean, validation is really, <laughs> like, it's a big one. It's up yeah, there. In- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, validation is yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's been a lot of me so far. So let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about take this. I had to I had to finish that. I, I my ADHD brain needed closure on the cold open like conversation. Like we have to finish talking about that. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. So, uh, so, uh, so you were, like as I said at the the sort of jump there, you are the executive director of Take This. Now I've got sort of two questions. Mm-hmm. What is Take This, and what's an executive director? So okay, so I'll answer the what is take this first, and then I'll I'll describe what I do inside that and how that 
right. fills the role of executive director. How's that? Um, so Perfect. take this. Uh, the name comes from from Zelda. Here, take this. It's dangerous to go alone. Mm -hmm. um, so we're mental health and games. And that's pretty broad. And I have uh, pushed the boundaries of that a lot. So we do research. We do advocacy. We do training and workshops. And we do content production, all for people who make and play uh, games. Mm -hmm. And that's primarily video games. But we also we talk to the tabletop community as well yeah. um, a lot. And, and we're really active in that community. So our, our concern is to, to do good research, to support the mental health of people who play games in language that is familiar and comfortable, and also to um, act as advocates for games and the game community and the game industry, and to address the underlying conditions and environmental factors that can contribute to mental health distress and mental health well-being mm -hmm. um, across games in the game industry. So that's really broad. Like one of the things that we are really focused on right now is um, extremist behavior and other and other forms of online harassment and mis and 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 um, like your hate raids or something like that or something. Yeah, like, and yeah, hate speech and hate raids, et cetera, and behavior yeah. in online spaces that are in games or game adjacent. Yeah. Like Discord is one of those spaces, right? Yeah, Sh uh, Schrodinger's. We've all encountered like a, if a, if you're a streamer, you play video games. We've all encountered like call them like Schrodinger's D bag. Like we've all yeah. we've all met this this person yeah. that's just push, exactly pushing boundaries, sitting in communities, and how do we deal with? Yeah, so continue. Yeah. Sorry, right? Uh, no, but that's a good. It's good hit to hang your head on that. Um, and and like, how do you how do you design to address that? How do you do moderation to address that? How do you do trust and safety to address that? All the pieces, and how do you educate like the next generation of players and community members to do it to think differently about that? And then um, we think a lot about the conditions inside the game industry. What is it like to work in games, and what are some of the pernicious problems that um, occur? And those have to do with um, uh, gender-based harm and harassment. They have to do with uh, crunch and the myth of passion and exploitation and, and other related factors. And then we do research. We do a lot of work with streamers and content creators around their own well-being, talking about parasocial relationships, streamer well-being, tools for talking about mental health. So we have a streaming ambassador program, and we also talk to folks about like how to talk about mental health in their streams and how to support their communities. Mm -hmm. And then we talk generally about mental health and mental health resources, and we try to do that for as diverse a community as possible and for as number as many people with different intersectional identities as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's that's who, what we do. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I uh, so as many people in chat gang know here. Uh, um, you know, everyone's got their sub club or whatever when they they're Twitch streamers. Uh, it's not a sub club. You're chat gang if you wish to be chat gang. Um, you don't have to subscribe to be chat gang. It's it's about intent. Um, <laughs> so uh, they all know that uh, you know I, I've raised uh, uh, I've raised money for uh, uh, Mental Health America traditionally. Um, so the last two years I raised some money for Mental Health America. Like as soon as I sort of got my got my platform, as soon as my stream took off, I'm like I need to put this back into the community. Um, and so I, I, you know, I did that for Mental Health America. And this year I was like, well, do I stick with Mental Health America? Do I do something else? And it was, again, mental health visibility streamers. I saw a take this link pop up, uh, like mm -hmm. on one of those, those just like sort of, you know, like mental health sort of checkpoint type posts. Like, hey, if you're, you need to talk to someone, like here's some resources type thing. Warm lines are phenomenal for that, by the way. Um, yeah. And, uh, 
And I was like, holy crap, like, take this. And I'm like, I clicked on it immediately. I'm like, wow, this is, I mean, this is, like, Mental Health America does, like, a lot of really good work. They're highly rated charity. But the focused on the game aspect plus the intersectionality that, that y'all do was, like, I'm like, this is exactly... Like, I mean, I took one look at the resources page and I'm like, you've got both, you know, veterans and BIPOC and, and LGBTQ and trans resources, like, and, you know, you know, veterans yep. and trans suicide rates are, are really, a higher, a higher yeah. side of the scales, you know? Yeah. And so it's like to, to have something that that is that holistic for mental health. I'm like, this is, I mean, this is where I want to help out. It, it, now I can make my nerd game jokes with the person I'm talking to and be like, well, do they, is this person at MHA going to know about nerd stuff or not? You know, like you get just like, <laughs> like, I mean, that's one of the challenges that is that the mental health, um, uh, like professional community is, is pretty, um, tech phobic and, uh, <laughs> like just not like, there's so many therapists who like, they're like video games bad. And like, that's not helpful to people who play games who need support. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, uh, we're trying to cultivate a community of therapists and, and, you know, practitioners who also understand games better, mm -hmm. uh, alongside so many other things that we do. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. Well, we really try to bridge that gap. Well, I mean this, I mean the, the fact that like, um, you know, trying to find like a, like a, a digital presence for, for one of the larger mental health charities out there. I'm like, why don't you have a digital presence? Like everything, is happening online now and for better or worse right like the 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 trans humanism has begun we are we're you know our phone might as well be plugged into our head you know we're, we're connected for virtually all, all the time it was kind of mind-boggling i'm like if, if you're not addressing the tech aspect of it you're you've had a huge blind spot for people's mental health and the validation i mean the brain doesn't necessarily distinguish between how much dopamine i i get from clicking on my mouse versus playing basketball now sure i, I could get more but i put in such a low amount of effort for dopamine to like click my mouse like that that's that's an easy constant source for my brain like this is you know it's... Yeah, I was, you know, actually, I was really encouraged seeing the um, Surgeon General just came out, the U.S. Surgeon General just came out with a report talking about digital health and teens and youth. And I was encouraged to see that come out because I feel like the the the, the conversation is shifting in effective ways mm -hmm. around digital stuff. The thing is that games still, ha there's a moral panic around games. Always. That's really, you know, that's really pervasive and it's sticky. Like it doesn't go away, even though it has been disproven over and over again, mm -hmm. the link between games and addiction and the link between games and violence. Like those don't, they don't exist. There's no validity to those measures. And so it's, um, it's, it's frustrating and it's hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a couple questions here from chat gang yeah. before you move on yeah. to, uh, uh, executive director and uh, the two-part sure. question here but um so uh domir asks uh, how do you work with and or around uh mmorpgs for instance so. Mm. uh so the we don't there let, let me answer this in a few ways so so we don't directly like work inside a, like we're not showing up inside a game and playing alongside folks right unless we do that for fun what we do is we <laughs> consult on uh, which we many of us do. Um, I don't play MMOs, but that's okay. Uh, I, I, I um, think MMOs have kind of waned personally, like culturally well, speaking. I think I, mean, I think they, the windows yeah, are gone. But they are important to a lot of people. Right. Um, uh, so anyway, so so the um, we we do a lot of work on um, like we do game reads and game con consults. So we'll talk to to 
folks inside the industry about like what's the content coming out what does the gameplay look like and is that okay is that healthy mm -hmm. or appropriate or accurate um and then that's why we're doing all this work around um uh online behavior and um and uh trying to help companies uh, do better moderation, do better design, and uh, think differently about what it takes to create safe spaces online. Yeah. And um, yeah, so those, I think those are the places that are most relevant to MMOs in terms of the what we do um, actively. And then we just speak to people about the experience of playing games and what it means and, and how it impacts them. Well, I, yeah. I, I think it's it's actually kind of hilarious. Y'all do the um, the AFK rooms at a couple yep. convention spaces. And, and to yep. me, like, immediately I thought MMOs as well. I'm like, uh, a oh, AFK. Like, the main tank's AFK again. Quick, heal, spam heals, spam heals. Like, it's just, just like, a, like my brain immediately jumped to that. Like, and then, like, uh, my flights of fancy where I'm, like, imagining uh, people at conventions in a, in a real MMO IRL and, like, literally walking, you know, in cosplay. I'm just like, this mental health, uh, the mental image I got was so, so hilarious um that's fabulous actually thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> so, um you you kind of i, I mean it, while we're kind of already sort of talking about it the workspace in particular with video games like face it you know the, this changing of the guard whether mental health professionals the, the sort of older older mm -hmm. guard want to address it or not video games create a lot of jobs right like it's it's a mm -hmm. the jobs for like the landscape that my 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 children my my are going to be going into for 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 jobs it, it could be something with advocacy for video it could you know there there will be a bunch of new jobs by the time they're yeah. they're through secondary uh schooling and stuff like that from what even i i walked into right and some of the jobs that oh. exist now will, you know it's a huge industry the amount of money in the industry the amount of money pouring into the industry especially now that you're looking at web three and and um all of that stuff. I mean, the amount of money going into it. Yeah, right now yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. Unprecedented. I yeah. whether or not whatever I feel about. I it. I hope. That, yeah, I don't. You you don't have to say any opinions your own. You're here, professional. But I'm going to dunk on Web three. No. Oh, I I'm happy to talk about <laughs> it because I have a perspective, and it's related a lot yeah. to mental health, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think because um, you, it's like oh, everybody's talking about metaverse and Web three and NFTs, and I'm like, okay, one, this is a speculator market, right? Uh -huh. Um, two. Um, the tech, the the tech is changing, but the assumptions behind the tech are not. And so the things that yes. challenge people in existing spaces right. online are the same, and sometimes worse well, I mean, in Web three and Metaverse and VR spaces. Well, this, this is um, see, this is the full, this show within the show. This, this is always about the you know the rabbit holes and stuff like that. That's the Rantcast way. So congratulations, we're doing an official Rantcast. Um, I was watching. Um, I was worried. <laughs> uh, we, we are, I was I was watching um I was watching a couple of my uh, uh, uh watching a couple video essays and one thing they they brought up with like technology and advancement of technology is that like there is this sort of pernicious uh, like undertone throughout like the sort of like uh you know like tech for the sake of tech community where usually this notion that like oh we just invent new technology and it will fix issue. And then, like, that underlying issue never is addressed. And so there's just new technology that pulls with it all of the existing issues anyway. We especially see this in, in you know, sort of supremacy power structures that, that just keep going through all so, of these things. Yeah, so I was moderating a panel that was recorded this morning um, 
about LGBTQIA spaces and safety online, right? Yeah. And um, the the folks who are all trust and safety professionals, so they do moderation and you know escalation and policy, all that kind of stuff. And and they're they're talking. They're like, listen, if you create spaces using the same set of people and the same set of assumptions, you're not going to get a different outcome. Right. You're going to get the same damn outcome. Come on. Right. And um, that's what we're talking about. It's like if you don't think about the cultural assumptions and norms and and right. structures underneath what's happening, you're not going to get anything different. In fact, you're going to just continue to reify, reinforce mm -hmm. these um these structures. Mm -hmm. And here is where uh, my cultural studies master's degree comes in. I never thought I'd use it, and I do. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like there's a whole other podcast now where we talk about like cro yeah. like you know uh, intersectionality and 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 these sort of cross sections and and I talk about how I'm a dirty anarchist and this is why you have to tear down all the systems because they're unjust and 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 then you're like well actually here's this study and I'm like that would be a sweet joke but we'll try to keep on task here. that would be fun <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes we are talking about mental health primarily right right yeah so no and 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 one of these these other things like you mentioned crunch and and obviously like with MMOs. I mean, you can't not think about the elephant in the room, which is like Blizzard Activision, which brought this ugly underbelly. Now, as I do have a background in games journalism, I was like, the minute the, the story broke, I'm like, didn't we already like, didn't we already know like Bobby Kotick should be blacklisted forever? Like, I swear 11 years ago, we were writing stories about this guy being Every like a huge monster. Everybody knew. Like but he... nobody actually did anything about it. It took this shift. Um, it took the riot lawsuit from the state of California. It took the um, action by uh, the 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 expose at Ubisoft. It took like it was like it took a yearly. It, you know, it took it took Jim another. Stephanie Sterling advocacy like public advocacy constantly like shouting down everyone it, they all the work they were a... doing. Yeah, raising it, the zeitgeist was, on it, right? Exactly, and it took a long time, and a, and a lot of people felt like, you know, when is games going to get its Me Too moment? When is that going to happen? When yeah. is that going to happen? And it took it took a long time, and there were people, you know, I I um, and these are people I respect, people who are on my board. So many people would say, oh, yeah, I know him, and it wasn't just Bobby Kodak; it was others as well who were like. Well, Ubisoft oh, had a really pernicious individual. Yeah, as and well, they were like, like "Oh, and and he's an, I can I say it, an asshole? Uh, you know, he's an asshole." But yeah, uh, you know, there's a mature tag got... on my stream. I, I yeah, I'm okay, pretty okay. pretty colorful. You're right to swear. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, like I I know him, but he's an asshole. But I, you know, he's important or he's powerful or I figured out how to work with him, and like that kind of like reinforcement of the status quo was really it's like really pervasive in the industry and it's hard to move away from that because people are scared right right i mean yeah. i mean i hope we're, we're seeing a change i think there's a there's a surge in we like are. labor rights movements right now that's kind of percolating out into like everything um mm -hmm. you know like you mentioned the the sort of myth of passion which is like oh hey come work you're working in your passion so don't you don't need to make as much money like you 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 know wouldn't you do it for free it's your passion and won't you, you work you know weekends for the next two years yeah yeah, yeah. and that that sort of like self-exploitation that comes along with that and 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 that does have a has a meaningful hit to one's mental health like even yeah. uh, the healthy mind you know I, I it's 
don't want to like use the wrong language here, but but everyone gets burnt out. You don't need to you know have ADHD. You don't need to be neurodivergent like me and have bipolar and you know like you don't need. You could just you know like people sprain their ankle. The difference is we can see the wrap on the ankle. People sprain their minds. They they get basic... a great image. Yeah, yeah, it is true. Yeah, you know, it's and. We don't have like a bandage wrapped around our forehead to be like, oh, he sprained his head. You know, they sprained their head working too many weekends, crunching towards the the release time on video game Y. You know, X Y Z. Um, it's 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 a culture shift we need to advocate. There's a major culture shift that needs to happen in this. You know, video games are a multi billion. They're the biggest entertainment dollar around. Um, you know. Yeah, like, by far. Like, by far. It's not I even close. It. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not even close. I mean, Hollywood is 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 peasantly by comparison. Uh, all f the entire film industry. Uh, if you look at all of sports ball, including FIFA, including you know international sports and stuff like that, it's it's nothing compared to video games. Quite frankly, yeah. Um, I mean, this is this um, especially post pandemic, right? Like the pandemic was a major growth period for games, right? Um, I yeah, I, I think that yeah. was that. I think that was that sort of uh, intersection in society that needed to happen, where where labor in the games market and stuff like that. Wait, like I really can just do this job from home, and yeah, that was a really important turning point to giving people a lot more flexibility. Yeah, for sure. And you know, um, we were talking at the beginning about how I came into this work through my husband as you know in the indie community and you were like indie indie game devs are awesome right mm -hmm. that's where all the really cool stuff you see um uh cooperative structures like um worker-owned game studios you're seeing um studios that are unionizing with the support of their leadership at founding you're seeing all kinds of really interesting new structures mm -hmm. coming in um to the industry and like, you know, really starting to remake and a lot of studios that are being founded by former AAA studio um, uh, folks who are like, I want to redo this. I want to do this better. And I'm going to start this company. And yeah. Just... Hollow Knight jumps immediately to mind where it was like mm -hmm. three, three, like huge industry. And they're just like, let's mm -hmm. go make a, let's just better go make studio. video games with a better studio. And yeah. uh, the, the, the mass exodus from, from Blizzard Activision that happened like six ish years ago already where they just wouldn't start their own like you're seeing these talented industry individuals who who quite frankly are taking it to the grassroots which is yeah my yeah, jam really quite exciting. frankly yeah. yeah 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 it's where the it's where most almost all of the interesting and exciting stuff is happening in the industry that's not to say that there aren't triple a studios doing interesting stuff right um and doing interesting things not just with their games but with their work environments too but like for sure um yeah, there's really exciting innovation there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's great. Um, yeah, I, like like I said, like I mean, you're gonna see. I think we're gonna see, especially with a, a group like Take This, like uh, you, ed, helping educate, helping doing workshops with with these game companies. You're gonna see that actually like grow from the base as as new people enter the industry, uh, as it becomes viable to go you know, work for like a little six person studio that, you know, mm. you end up meeting through a couple Twitter contacts and hanging out in discord and doing a couple, <laughs> couple game jams on Reddit, uh, you know, and knowing your worth and knowing to take care of your mental health so that you, you have safe boundaries as you enter this industry that really isn't going anywhere. Um, and doesn't have cause to change because they're making money hand over fist doing it the way it was done before. So we need yeah. that, like that, again, that grassroots, that, that, bottom up change because yeah big time 
whether these individuals who run these big companies are 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 assholes or not, morality doesn't really factor into anti-fiduciary laws and the the these gigantic billion dollar machines that just turn and move and move. It, no, and and changing the expectations of people coming into the industry and like what they sh- they think they should do and what they could do, like that's really important. And right. I I think talking to students in game design programs is one of the most important things I could do. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Sorry. Um, <laughs> just resetting my notes here real quick. So, um, so, so as an executive director for Take This, yeah, um, yeah. you come and talk talk to like uh, uh, micro internet celebrities like me. Like, what 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 does the executive director do uh, of Take This? <laughs> Everything. So the joke in the nonprofit world is that um, every every nonprofit person in their job description has other duties as assigned, and it's like everything <laughs> Every- or anything. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Um, I would say that (laughs) the um, the my primary. So so I have two two roles. One is I have to run the organization. I have to make sure that people are taken care of, that, you know, jobs get done, that that strategy is developed, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then I have to be the public face of the organization. And I'm not the only public face, to be clear. Like my my team is very much public and public facing. And and and, you know, since many of them are clinicians, they're more qualified to speak on this stuff than I am. Um, but I'm the one who, uh, you know, brings the the leadership kind of cachet and says, "Hey, this is our this is what we do and why we do it, and this is why it's important." And I'm the kind of networker and and a connector across right. a lot of things. So so I hold a lot of relationships and and that. Um, and I uh, and I work closely with our board of directors. Like my staff doesn't work with my board. Um, so every you know every nonprofit has a board, and and that they they have primarily they have fiduciary responsibility for the organization. Right. Um, but they also have um, uh, you know they 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 have a vested interest in our strategic mission and and, and orientation and and execution. And so um, I am the interface where I ask them for the support that I need and and they provide hopefully some, you know, good advice and thoughtful perspective. Mm -hmm. I come to them with authority stuff. Um, And then, um, and, you know, I have a fantastic director of operations, uh, Katrina, but I also like, I'm the one who has to make sure that we're sailing in the right direction, that all the, you know, everybody's focused on the right set of things. And um, although, you know, sometimes I lose focus and, and they call me out on that and that's really good because mm-hmm. <laughs> you need a dynamic that, that works like that. Right. Yeah. You need uh, someone to say the emperor's got no clothes type thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. Or to say like, Eve, that doesn't work. Like it's not working right now. Uh, <laughs> or no, you can't do that. Uh, yeah. We've got too much on our plate. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's, that's, that's that. I mean, you know, we, we do a lot of partnering with other organizations and, and I'm the one who initiates and kind of um, manages those partnerships mm-hmm. and uh, um, makes sure that, that we're talking to and about the right things, mm-hmm. to the right people and about the right things. Yeah. Right on, right on. So yeah. just ambiently, I have a question sort of sprang to mind. Um, do you, this might be out here off script here, but do you see like a, a 
I, I know that like a lot of like my sort of like favorite content creators are starting to uh, like reach out to like organizations similar, mm-hmm. though they're not the same for like, you know, sensitivity readings of uh, like if, yeah. if I've got an essay coming out, a video essay, I like there's a, some grassroots organization out there that will read it from a bunch of di- diverse perspectives to make sure mm-hmm. I'm using mm-hmm. the correct language that I'm not being, you know, any having any of my implicit biases I may not know or any of my blind spots filter into this this work. Do you see a world where something like Take This um does that with video games where like video games get kind of passed through that fil- filter? Oh yeah, we do it already. Yeah. We do that already. Yeah. Um and uh including with some really big companies. Yeah. Um which is wonderful. Uh, so yeah, I, I it is increasingly people are starting to talk about it. I mean, what's wonderful is there's been there's there's a, been a bunch of games that have come out in the last few years that around mental health themes that are really good. Uh, right? I'm going to mispronounce it, but uh it's Greece. Yeah, my, uh, my chat was busting my chops when I called it Greece uh-huh. or whatever. They're like, yeah. it's Grimafisto. I'm like, look, I failed French, all right? No, I didn't fail French. I, I they're only took they're Spanish. <laughs> is they're it? Is Spanish. it? Is it? Is yeah. it? Yeah. I, it was uh, but no, uh, I think it's French, but they are from Spain. That makes I, I mean, yeah. That's, that they're makes in, sense. I think they're in Madrid. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> to further confuse the issue. Yeah, just to just um, to like throw my uh, look. I was an English lit major, not not uh, yeah, uh like right. a communications or language. I'm like I I, I, I love language. Don't get me wrong, but like it all just gets jumbled up in my head as like you know like, this is language, and I'm like yeah. So go on. Bleh. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's there's gritty. There's um. There's uh, Celeste. There's Hellblade. Senua's Sacrifice. Um. That was kind of a a, a big. That was like kind of a big moment that for was video a big game, deal. Yeah, wasn't that it? Was a big deal. Yeah, that was like. Yeah. That, I feel like that was like the first where like, yeah, there was some indie projects and there was some stuff around there, but, but the you know, and, and video games like that have helped their mental health or have dealt with trauma. Like Silent Hill, for instance, was like a you know for me, I mm-hmm. love the game. But to have a game that explicit was explicitly was coming out with like this game is about a mental health experience. This is what we're doing here. Yep. That I feel like that was that was huge for the industry. Like that was like it was. This it was. is the moment. And the, yeah, you know, ahead. and then. Ninja Theory got they got acquired by Xbox and they've got money and and space now to do a couple of new things. Uh-huh. Um, so they're coming out with a sequel, which is really exciting. Um, and um, and then there's been like really super indie games like what the remains of Edith Edith Finch and there's Celeste and there's um, Sea of Solitude, which was just re released. Um, I think it's on uh, on Steam sale right now. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um and Night in the Woods. So there's like there's all kinds of games that are doing they're really trying to do interesting stuff around mental health. And um and then there's games like you know, I had um I have folks coming to me being like and then there was Psychonauts too. We did a read a game read Love and helped them help them develop their content warning. Have you met um, Tim Schafer? Like did your company yeah, get to I have. Is yeah. he is yeah. he tell me you can lie to me. You're allowed to lie to me. Is he cool? Is he as cool as I hope he is? Okay. He is he's really cool. Oh, he's man. as awesome as you think he is. Good. Um, yeah, my my colleague Dr. B got to interview him for um uh for for a conference and it was as fun as you expected it to be it was great he's fantastic one day um, one day like they yeah. say never meet your heroes and like when i was in game journalism it was like a little bit of a different mm, vibe for yeah. me from where i am now where i get to be a fan again of mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. you know it was but yeah sorry that that's i'm a little jelly of of uh of strangers <laughs> so that, that was a 
that was a that was a little bit of a a arrival for folks. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of really cool games out there, and there's also games that just have mental health content that we're looking at. You know, like we we've been asked to to look at you know, like DLC or update game updates for all kinds of really major titles mm-hmm. that have, you know, like is is the face portrayal or the like the options that we're providing this to people here, are they appropriate? Are the ways that we're using language okay in this like, you know, like five sentence update, mm-hmm. you know, of dialogue. So there's some really cool, like it's, it, it, there, people are starting to pay attention to it in really great ways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like in in another couple years when they portray a character with bipolar disorder, I'm going to see a character that actually acts more like me than, you know, these mm-hmm. weird, you know, like, you know, crazy ex-girlfriend archetypes, right, that you always see. Yeah, which are the... really harmful and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hor- horrible yeah. portrayals. Um, yeah, you talk, it's a mental health video game. Stories Untold. Um, I do a, a Halloween uh, spooky game marathon. Um huge huge horror fan um nice see i uh i see for me horror and mental health are are linked because you know from Mm -hmm. fiction gives us a healthy space to process the unfamiliar like in general yes absolutely like that's why writing is is awesome that's why i love fiction and sometimes when you when you give someone a non-fiction story uh you know the truth is stranger than people this is this is bogus like you can't if I give somebody an essay about mental health, they're going to look at it and go, I don't know about their methodology here. And they're, you know, crumple it up and throw it to the side. But if I tell you a story about a, a character, you know, struggling with mental health, you're going to, you, you might not even stop to think that you're getting that lesson. Um, if I wonder if there's some guy who has like a podcast where his whole thing is he tricks people into thinking they're listening about Warhammer and then he's like talking about other stuff. I don't know. That'd be a cool show. Someone should start that. Yeah, one. what? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, but with horror in specific, I think it it hones in on trauma. It gives you a safe it can, space. Yeah. There, there's yeah. now there's some like you know the old Scream Queens era has some problem like a lot of problematic stuff going on in it. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. but but like, just as we become more familiar with with mental health and stuff like that, I I think we're seeing some very great like empathetic depictions. Um, of like trauma and horror um halloween 2018 the sort of soft reset uh, with uh with jamie lee curtis's character where she, where she's going through and everyone looks at her as her trauma that happened and nobody sees the person and like what a it was a, such a really good portrayal of somebody who who's lived through a trauma like you know P, i see pt i i projected i see you know my my own cptsd in the character so you know, whatever. But then I'm like, when, when people know that you've gone through a big trauma, they like they look at you and they all they see. And to watch her get to go through that, and then like literally, you know, uh, spoiler uh, for a four year old movie, uh, like blow a house up, like in this like you know just utter like cathartic like moment of like of self actualization, and you know fun little fa- you know flights of fancy that that fiction is good for. Um, but, uh, so I do, I do horror stuff, like his horrors, like kind of, for me, it's linked and I do a horror marathon yeah. and I played a game called stories untold on stream, which mm-hmm. was kind of in the vein you're talking about indie studio. It starts out as a text-based RPG, uh, like old school mud style where you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and like, it starts to get weirder and weirder as you progress through these like, a- like anthology chapters. And there's a couple like really big reveals oh. and you essentially find yourself replaying through the like four little anthology pieces until you have this big reveal at the end that is like this is it's such a such a great horror game where it's essentially this character processing a trauma that they've 
injected and they've sort of yeah actually i think my husband i watched my husband play part of that yeah really, i i don't i can't do horror i like have it's it's I, yeah it's, it's like yeah so i i tend to <laughs> often david will say to me uh no eve walk away walk yeah. nope you don't want to watch that and I... yeah 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 it's it's i mean it's hit or miss like any genre right yeah. like you know yeah. fa- you know fa- some people uh but a horror like i've uh, i've got like a few folks in my audience hades for instance i see hades lurking around chat gang uh hades hates horror and gutted out a couple horror games with me just because because uh, hades likes me so much <laughs> like hades you're you're a champ thanks for hanging around like i'm just like um but you know, like again, fiction broadly, I think, gives us that safe yeah, space. Yeah, absolutely. Too. And absolutely. I think, and and I think that 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 translates into video games because video games do something. Like I'm writer is my main thing. You know, one day I I, I wrote a video game for like a game, a couple game jam type stuff. They they never oh. ever went anywhere because most games don't. You know, like it's like any other hyper saturated competitive industry. Um, but Cheers. like, <laughs> um, so yeah, the the wanting to uh, you know, like write a video game but like i i know my strength is writing um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the one thing you know writing for me feels a lot more like a like a monologue that i'm like mm-hmm. delivering to like between artist and audience like i am this mm-hmm. is my and and there is an interactivity to it you're you're all art is interactive there's you're thinking you're gonna have your own spin on things you're gonna mm-hmm. you know death of the author is you know a thing you're gonna read the text you're gonna in, infer your own life existence but with video games it's so much more a dialogue you know yeah you're you're very actively engaging the artist who created that medium which is something i don't say i'm envious of because i I very much like that i'm a writer and i'm I'm good at uh, a relatively decent writer um but when i see a great video game i'm like this is bringing something to the table i can like personally never bring to the table like as just a writer you know and i think that that's I hesitate to say an evolution of art, but it is a very like pronounced and sort of new new direction for art. Like this, this you know, you put in a video game, and that ability to suture in is is the the suspension of disbelief is automatic in video games. Like because right, you're in the environment. Yeah. yeah, it's it's um it is really different. Um, the interactivity and the agency that you have is really different. And that's actually really important. That's one of the, the benefits of games is that you can, you, you have to, you have to develop mastery or understanding and be engaged. Mm-hmm. And it's like a profoundly different experience than consuming media, passive media, mm-hmm. whether that is film, television, right. or, or books or, you know, other other things, even social media, you, you have so much more agency and yeah, it's really powerful. And what's so interesting is there, we talk, uh, my research director, um, Rachel Court, she talks about dark participation and that like, that can include like harassment and doxing and all the really awful stuff, mm-hmm. but it also includes, um, like intentional, uh, misuse of games for just for fun, like just taking, trying to to break games, trying to so like speed running, game. yeah, speed running, but also trying to use them in unexpected and un unintended ways. Interesting. Even if it's totally um, harmless, it's just like that's fun. Let me see if I can do this, just because maybe I can, you know. So, I'm sorry, is that that dark, that's considered dark participation too? So you, it's not. So dark, dark participation is not a value judgment. Like when you say that, like some things are bad. Some right, it's like parasocial relationships, right? Like it's right. parasocial things, isn't. Yeah, okay, go on. Right, so so it's just a descriptor. 
in this case, because it's using a game in an unintended way, that doesn't mean that it's bad or mm -hmm. harmful to others. Sometimes it is, and if it is, then, then you're crossing a different line, right? But this is just a description of like, hey, I'm gonna break this thing because I can, because it seems like that would be fun. See, I feel like I'm, I've been lapped. I'm, I, I, uh, like <laughs> dark participation. I've, this is the first time I've heard this term. In well, that's in that's my that's Rachel's term. So that's um, a it's a great term. This is a really cool. One. Yeah, that's yeah. why I use it because it's really useful. Uh, like cool. I, I think about like a PT came out a while back with uh, it was you know the game that was too good for this world with uh, Kojima and uh, uh, Guillermo, mm -hmm. Guillermo del Toro were going to make Silent Hill. Right, and they release this little like teaser thing where you're just sort of looping through one environment, yeah. and um, you talk about dark participation. They anticipated that people would need to talk about how to progress on the internet, yeah. and and I, I always found that like an utterly fascinating and very like meta approach to video games, where like we're 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 starting to like we're starting to move the boundaries of even where a video game is outside of the video game with, you know, community. Forms. Oh yeah. And I think actually that's, that's like, that is what, um, that's, that's what games really are at this point is yeah. the community, the game itself and the community around it. Yeah. Like when you talk about, a lot of people talk about how esports is just really toxic space and, you know, uh, like, as someone who has been paid cash money in an e esport capacity, uh, true story. Can confirm. Yeah, Can confirm. exactly. I, I don't and, do it anymore for a reason. Like I, you know, right, like I'm, right. I'm, I'm not of... in that space for a reason. It yeah. was, it was and... killing my passion for things I loved. Like, so. right, right. And and part of that is, um, you know, the way those games were designed and moderated early on, and how that's persisted in the culture. And part of that is that there's a fan, there's a community around it mm -hmm. that feeds back into the game. And that's a really hard challenge that that like ga game companies and publishers and platforms are kind of late to the game on. They're like, oh, right, that happened. Well, this is, that this... ship sailed like eight years ago. But now, you know, we're reaping the the uh, not benefits, but e results. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is this is right. This is exactly within the purview of what Take This is is attempting to accomplish. Yeah. Is is sort of addressing yeah. some of that stuff, like League yeah. of Legends. Uh, the chat just shouldn't be in that game. Like as a function, they're just there should not be a chat function in that video game, but that wouldn't stop it because that right. Cause it has escalated and it, and exists outside the bounds of the game at this point. So you're yeah. just going to get spam pinged, uh, and like any type of game mechanic that is there, someone is going to use to grief you, even if it's not chat, right? Like they're going yeah. to, if it's feeding, if it's doing whatever, um, and, I remember, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And like, there's folks, I riot doing really interesting stuff around player dynamics, but the, it's much easier to start f from the beginning and do something better than it is to like try to wrestle back this yeah, monster so, that's already unleashed sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fix fixing any community is much harder than start like designing from the ground up. Looking um, at you 40 K your point about anarchy and yeah, system, but you know, so yeah, it's about no rulership, chat gang. Not about no. It's about no rulers, not no structures whatsoever. I, I just, uh, it's a you. You came into a, a rolling. There's a lot of rolling jokes of the show, and I'm, Great. I'm an. Great. I am, I am legitimately. An, yeah, I'm, I am legitimately an anarchist, but, but the whole gag is that anarchy is misrepresented 
in like what it even means and so like everyone thinks anarchy is like just mad max and so i lean into the joke instead of like well it's about grassroots mutual aid networks like yada 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 like all these things you know and you know if you say you're a socialist technically you're using all my principles you're just uh you're just not going far enough and just that's that's a, it's just a gag <laughs> oh um, that's it, a whole other conversation yeah than one that yeah I yeah no it's I'm a, a, I'm, I'm a dirty leftist anarchist and it, it well it, i'm the daughter it, of I, I back to the land hi- i'm the daughter of back to the land hippies yeah. i grew up in, in northern vermont and um yeah. uh so yeah that's a familiar conversation yeah. for me but... <laughs> yeah yeah no it's yeah. it's funny because i started out like a um you know like a just sort of like angsty goth punk right mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. who put anarchy symbols on his jackets because they looked cool um right and, and thought like, oh and thought that it was like <laughs> you know like if you if you've ever seen slc punk with uh matthew lillard uh you know uh like yeah he says anarchy is lawlessness it's chaos and i'm like yeah lawlessness chaos and then like right. grow up read a bunch of like sociology tomes be like oh that's not anarchy at all like it's just like but that's the dominant narrative and so uh just being self-deprecating about it is is how i cope <laughs> I understand. I understand. um uh, yeah yeah so um but no the wrestling the monster back this this mm-hmm. this community like i think I, I actually I've been trying to book a, a, a guest who did a, a, a an episode on 40k and fascism because mm-hmm. uh, their subtext is text uh, it's like textual and sat we sort of live in it, my analysis of uh, my 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 view of the world I think we live in a post satire era you cannot mm-hmm. make satire overt enough that somebody won't miss it. I, that muddled my words there, minced my words there. Right. You, there's no length you can you can be overt with satire. There is there no matter how ham fisted, no matter how over the top you make your satire, no matter if you stare someone dead in the face and say this is satire, someone will take it seriously. Someone will take it in earnest. I mean, there are people out there who take American History X as like, like like the alt right yeah. think this is a great movie for them. Like, and it's like, yeah. that you got the wrong message. And this is where I think those. Game companies need to be very explicit and just not court that crap to begin with. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's a conversation we're actively having with folks. Um, Yeah, because absolutely. And I think I think one of the most maddening things is when game companies and Ubisoft is is the most egregious of these recently is (laughs) designers will come out and say, oh, my game, our games aren't political. Like, um, excuse me, that's a total bullshit. Mm -hmm. And also... You know, well, like stop. Assassin's Creed's not political, huh? Like you know the whole like having colonial soldiers fighting Native Americans, not. not yeah, all of these are choices. Bo- all of bold are statement there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I think um, that's kind of where where we feel where where take this wants to be is to be like, listen, there's a lot of subtext in all of these. Some of it isn't even directly mental health related, right? right? But because it because of what those messages do to certain groups right. and to their sense of, of belonging, their sense of personhood and their sense right. of safety, yeah. that impacts mental health. And that's why I care about all of that stuff. Right. Right. That yeah. that intersectional yeah. approach to it, right? Like like mm-hmm. understanding that these, you know, are all are all interconnected. Uh, you know, if you you know gender identity and you know you know ethnicity like are inescapable for like certain individuals right that aren't the default status quo like they're inescapable like it and for somebody to say it's not political like to somebody else's entire identity that they can't escape it's 
bold, bold, bold choice, Ubisoft. Yeah. Um, no, 40, 40k, I think is struggling with that right now. And as a, I'm an age of Sigmar content creator. Um, so I have like, I'm kind of like on the peripherals of it. And you're, uh, we're right now, I think we're watching this sort of like culture clash between the 40k, uh, between the 40k's like very large, uh, like they are the dom. When you, people think Warhammer, they think Warhammer 40k. They don't even think about Age of Sigmar. Mm -hmm. They don't think about the fantasy property whatsoever. Mm -hmm. uh, the 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 video games are all Warhammer 40,000. Like that, that's mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. that's. I mean, there's yeah, Total War is pretty good, but it's 40k, 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 and that community is huge. And they're looking over at AOS because we got the better game, quite frankly. Um, and and they're starting to come in here and and kind of when you were talking about that community, it's like, I'm not afraid. I think. Being afraid and and being afraid of people joining your community is backwards. I think that is the exact kind of mentality that gets you in those some of those positions with gatekeeping and toxicity and stuff like that. Um, but it is something where I'm like I'm I'm, cog I'm I'm aware that I think we as a community of AOS because we did have this sort of uh, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but but Warhammer Fantasy Battle was the old game, and Games Workshops okay. hit the button and went boom that game's over, and it basically. Dish, like the whole community disappeared just like talking about like riot riot yeah. would be better making a brand new video game than trying to to per se save like the league of legends community don't by the way there are some great stuff going on in league of legends community there's some great oh, people yeah. like oh, I, yeah. I mean and and what they did do for esports like they, we didn't have a lexicon for esports like fight the fighting game community is like my favorite video game community because i like that sort of gamesmanship and uh like a little bit of bravado yeah. like a, like uh i like like rest the wrestling kayfabe bravado crap like, i i'm a fan of that that's why mephisto is is a character on your tv show right now um like but uh but the but the, the fgc was was not accessible it, like and so when riot comes out here the the most fascinating thing they did was they taught people how to consume it as a sport they were teaching yeah. their audience yeah. to consume that so like i don't want to like keep harshing on on riot i think i think and... oh no and i and i don't mean to in the sense that i know they're doing really cool stuff also oh, it's just man. really hard to do arcane was amazing do. that show yeah. was like life of man more of that please like um their their yeah. world their setting is it, rune terra is cool i want to play rpgs yeah. in that world like it's uh, I know they did just release like a. That is the point, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and so like to get that to get that to get that, you know, I think that would be cool. And and I think that yeah. there's an, that is that opportunity for that exodus of the old toxicity of the community, and and the new like what mm -hmm. happened with Age of Sigmar. So Age of Sigmar, yeah. you know, Warhammer Fantasy Battle, boom, the button gets pressed, and you have this community that looks around and they go, "Our game is gone. We can either make a new community, um, or we can like." go set our armies on fire on YouTube and get clicks. And some people did do that. And right, you know what? Sure get, get, get the clicks. I, I too require dopamine from validation. Again, like and subscribe so I can get validation right now. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, um, <laughs> make the number go up. Uh, but no, the, the um, uh, with AOS, uh, you know, we sort of like built this community from the grassroots ground up. It was one of acceptance open it was quite frankly yeah. a little over compensatory because they're like no come play our game we swear it's good and like yeah. there was this like uh, i think they called them sunshine merchants in the early days of aos is like <laughs> it's just a bunch of like come play our game it's great um and i I'm, i think that you know all these things are interconnected video games and they cross pollinate and they you know they they age of sigma is at an interesting point where they don't carry some of the weight from the 40k ip but you have a new community that's about to sort of 
cross-pollinate. And I think that it's important that we have an awareness of mental health, that we have an understanding of interpersonal relationships and community and grassroots and stuff like that as this happens, because quite frankly, the world needs to be more equitable, more open, like for, from my perspective, like I, I think yeah, that I agree. I, I think, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm just, I'm going to interrupt a sec because my parenting and uh, life is interfering. My husband is trying to go get my daughter and is late. Um, so I'm just, uh, I'm just being transparent with why I might be a tiny bit distracted. No, right no if you need, to, if you need to take, a, uh, <laughs> I, I can fix it in post if you need to step away a minute. Um, um, I think, uh, no, I, I, I can't like run out and go get her. So I think that, um, I, um, my, my children gank me all the time. If you need to step I know. away, this is okay, a live hold format. On. If they call me, I'll let them know what's up. Okay. I think probably the most likely thing is that I will get a call from the school. Mm -hmm. My daughter's in a school play and, uh, and, uh, in which case I will just turn this ringer on just in case. And then um, I'll let them know what's going no, on. See, the live format of Twitch is is, the, uh, is what it is, like uh, interacting with chat. This is this is why I love the live format for a podcast. I know. But then I edit, I I edit this down for what ends up on YouTube and, and, uh, and what ends up on the... Uh, That's great. That's fine. No, I understand. Hi, everyone. It, I mean, <laughs> you know, this is like, this is life, right? I also, yeah. one of the things that I do as an executive director is I try to model, like... Being a leader means modeling a lot of things and modeling being a whole person, like being a human being and also being vulnerable. And so mm -hmm. I try to actually be really transparent about what's going on and when I might not be at my best because of X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. And like, that's part of it, right? Well, I think that's part of mental health, right? Like he's mentioning, like yeah. I'm, I, you, when you're like, I'm yeah. like letting people, because no one knows what's going on inside, like what battles we're all fighting in, inside our heads, inside our daily lives. It's, it's important yeah. to... You know, that's that's why I probably overshare too much. But my approach to content has always been like, OK, yeah, Mephisto, ha ha ha. This is like a gag I go into to like, you know, intro <laughs> my show and joke sometimes, you know, very nice, very evil wearing my Dan Housen shirt. Um, but uh, but I'm I've I'm the person who pauses the video game and like just talks about everything and overshares constantly. And, and uh, you know, I talk about my kids. I try not to. You know, one of my fears when I was doing mental health visibility very early on was the the perception of self exploitation. Is mm -hmm. is this you know you have these two things these barriers and perhaps you can talk to this a little bit or if you've encountered it with other streamers or or some some of the uh, you know uh, you're in your more professional capacity, but this notion of like well if I'm if I'm visible about my mental health you know if I if I talk about you know I don't go into specifics of the trauma I'm like there was trauma with my mom you know mm -hmm. like right like and cool like i talk about a bipolar i i the other day because of therapy and i had a really bad hypomania phase i was blab i can't shut my mouth that's the adhd uh i was talking about the mania phase you know i'm like this is what happened like i, I ended up in like mm -hmm. a pure hypomania like the you know blah blah, blah. and and like and there's that fear when you decide to to do that that someone's gonna think you're being self-exploitative like i am commoditizing myself to you know in my stories and my struggles to get likes and subscribes on the internets or or that if i say i'm having a bad mental health day on twitter or something like that so I, no stream today that someone's gonna be like oh quit whining you know and and having that fear yeah. being a barrier in my early now and now it's just like i have a very you know sort of nonchalant 
you know, it's all like yeah. my humor does a lot of heavy lifting uh, for me in this stuff and, and making it all into little jokes with myself. It goes a long way. Uh, but that early, those early days, like I was and every now and then I still get I get a little like self-conscious. I'm like, well, I just shared this story about my hypomania. I'm like, is someone going to be like, you know, quit being a weirdo or is somebody going to come at me that I'm like, you know, vulnerability. And it's also emotional labor that you put in right to to let that stuff be visible. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, one of the things about um, streaming and the strange stuff about about being a uh, having a parasocial relationships and being a you know content creator is that um, you you need to be authentic to be to be seen as authentic, to be appreciated, to be respected, to to really do make a difference in what the way you're talking to your community, but. If you're too authentic, then you're you're crossing a barrier that's not healthy for you or your community, right? right? Or right. your listeners. And so it's like constantly knowing what that boundary is. Yeah. One of the one of the ways I make light of my work is that I just tell people how important boundaries are all the time. Like I just I'm talking I talk about boundaries and how yeah. you use boundaries, use your boundaries. Yeah. Um, and like that's you know that's that's really shorthand and not really helpful, but it's um. <laughs> It's true, right? And know. and I, I think that's I, I think that's the, you know, like the the big conversation in I, I, the, sort of our respective spheres, video games, Twitch streaming, mental health. A little bit yeah. ago was trauma dumping, like this was yeah. the this was the big co- yeah. this is the big conversation going on there, and um, and I can't. One of the greatest things I do with this platform is advocacy for mental health. It is. It's not just like when I'm being visible, I'm just essentially signaling to others like it's okay to be visible. Hopefully, like I'm, it's not necessarily like, hey, come, come on my stream and be visible. But like in your lives, take this out there. Like yeah. be a little yeah. bit more, you know, have healthy boundaries for yourself. Like have healthy boundaries with others. But you, but if you you're feeling some kind of way, and people can't know what's in your head, you you have to, you know, you have to express that somehow. And the hope is that that goes out there. But one of the best things is, is seeing it working. I just had a message today from somebody that was like, Hey, I know you, like, I, I don't really know you that well. And I just kind of started watching your content, but uh, you know, I'm not going to share their story, but like, this is, this, this has happened. And I'm like, well, first off, I am not a professional. I am just somebody who's had his own struggles with his mental health, you know, for a very long time. And I, and so anything I'm going to say is going to be like anecdotal to my experience specifically, but the first thing, here's, uh, uh, you know, what state are you in? Here's the warm line, or, you know, like, what state are you in? Here's a warm line, like, uh, for that. These are great because this is not as heavy as if you're too, like, full-on suicidal ideation or planning. Uh, warm lines just give you somebody to talk to if you need to talk to somebody. They're run locally. They're usually peers, people who have mental health struggles themselves. They are they are fantastic for when you just need to talk to somebody. If you try to talk to somebody, even me, you know, well-meaning as I am, I might be busy that day. I might miss the message. You know, if you try to talk to your friend who knows what's going on with their mental bandwidth that day, like they want to care about you. They want to – some people just don't know how to talk about mental health. They have no idea what to say, you know, and – So let me, yeah, let me plug some resources. Yeah. Um, uh, so – there is a specific games and online harassment hotline that is designed for people who play games. It's, that's like game literate. Mm-hmm. So gameshotline.org, or you can text support to 23368. 
Um, so that's a great resource. We have a mental health resources page that I think you've, you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So take this.org slash, um, resources. Yep. Yeah. I've got, um, I've we might, also have in, in um, FAQ. You've go got what? Uh, in Cantabot, actually, it's, it's uh, the uh, the org resources is, is in my timer. Perfect. So. And also on our website, we also have a list of, of ways to talk about mental health, like how to talk. It's so kind of like basics about because it because a lot of people don't know where to start. And then we just have in your you seem to have it down and which is great. But for it's other a people, learning it's process. Pretty, it's a learning it's process. Totally yeah. A, it's totally yeah. it's it, and there's like so many layers to it. right? And sometimes but, you don't know where the line is until you step over it. And then you have to you have that yeah, like we, operation human, buzz we, noise happens. You're like, ah, crap. And you have to walk it back yeah. and figure it out. Yeah, go on, go on. Sorry. Uh, but there's also we just produced the first of what's going to be a series of resources for streamers and content creators on how on mental health topics and um, and how to run your channel. And the first one was on suicidality and suicide um, ideation. Mm -hmm. So it's on our YouTube channel. Yep, I got um, that so right. Go check that out. Yeah. And um, so yeah, that's those those are the free resources that are really important to you know, to get out there. And the games hotline is not ours, but it's a, a partner of ours. Um, yeah. So they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I plugged the, the resources page before it was, it was so handy. And even with this, this individual who messaged me, I'm like, you know, warm line, if you just need to talk to somebody, this yeah. is going to be like your, your, you know, sort of first, first thing you should go into. The second thing I did was share, uh, was share your resource page. Cause it's just one of the most comprehensive. I don't know much about them. If they're a veteran, boom, there's a veteran. Uh, there was veteran resources if they're if they're in the LGBT yeah. community like there's resources there. and like this is a perfect little hub and then I basically and this is something I tell everybody this is from my experience it's talk if, if it's an option talk to your primary care physician uh, and get a referral I mean it's just yeah if you if totally. you think you need to talk to somebody if you're already to that point it could be really hard that's kind of like and then you know and just kind of where I was going with all that was yeah sorry my dog no, just got back no, from the vet all day no. he's been yeah he's a little sick and so Doggo. he just ran in there no, he is no give the dog a love this is this wouldn't it be good mental health if you're not giving the dog validation and cuddles like <laughs> we don't we they're don't deserve basic. animals oh, oh they're amazing sweet things hi hi diddles hi yeah I I I, uh, I jettisoned mine from the room. Usually, uh, usually my little uh, uh, the rescue is sitting over here. The corgi stays over there because she hates when I turn on the stream. And, uh, and <laughs> lovely. And my wimey uh, and my wimey doesn't uh, doesn't care whatsoever. <laughs> he just wants food. Oh, of course. <laughs> so. Um. Oh, this one wants out. I'm gonna let him out here. Okay. One sec, yeah. 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 Has been the door. Yeah. Yes. Meth stream. You can pet the dog. <laughs> Chat gang knows what's up. Yeah. So uh, uh, j just checking real quick. Um, uh, I understand like that. I uh, as a mental health, you know, streamer and stuff like that. I have some, you know, I, it's been a learning process for me too, and I I, I don't think I've mastered it. Uh, but I I'm trying to do a better job of getting. Uh, folks resources that need them so that we can avoid the pitfalls of parasocial relationships and you know trauma dumps and stuff like that so it's it's uh that towing that line between being my authentic self so that i don't get burnt out by pretending i'm somebody i'm not and uh you know i learned with adhd uh that like that pressure i often feel where like i'm around people i'm like i don't want to be too much i don't want to be too much i don't want to be too much so i'm like very quiet i mind my p's and q's and then i suddenly out of nowhere it all comes out all at once yeah yeah, yeah. um and and streaming and i didn't even know it was like kind of my ability to be too much 
yeah. as I want to be, as I'm, as I am without that like other fear, you know? Yeah. And, and so yeah. that's where, where therapy, uh, where, uh, where streaming really like we, our minds are fascinating things. They will try to self cope and they will, they will seek out these little, uh, patterns. And yeah. luckily I landed on healthier ones than less healthy ones. And some folks don't. Yeah. I think that's great. I think I, kudos to you. <laughs> And congratulations. Better lucky than good, anyway. Yeah, yeah no, right. no, and just just the one thing I was gonna you kind of spiraling towards there. Um, yeah. Was uh, yeah. I'm I'm very proud that that I've built a small community where people are like, hey, you know, how, you know, and I'm able to direct people to some resources. Yeah. Like yeah. what take this has, and I'm able to just go, you know, check this out. You know that we're we're developing this because, you know, um, it's it reminds me why. I, why I decided to do the thing that the one day where I was just kind of bottoming out and I didn't know what was going on. And then I saw this person I admired who was a streamer say they had a bad mental health day. I'm like, you can, you can do that. Like, and I just like the, it just, yeah. it was just this yeah. eureka moment. And I think that's a lot of mental health for a, a lot of people is, 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 yeah. it's just, is building a lexicon and an understanding as we kind of all, you know, sort of culturally, grow and shift together to to figure this stuff out so yeah yeah the it's been wonderful to see a shift in the way people talk about mental health online i yeah. really am positively yeah encouraged yeah so i got that uh talked mm. about consulting just going through my notes here um i i it, checking knows i don't take show notes this is i'm just pretending this is a blank sheet of paper in front of me um if if it ever gets out that i actually take show notes then i have to act like i'm a professional and it ruins everything uh, that's that's very there, there's expectations like ugh, gross <laughs> um so yeah um you had a couple announcements uh as when you oh yeah yeah so. yeah um i think actually i said one of them already which was that we have this new video out um on suicide and how to talk about it and stream and how to think about it. Um, so if other folks are, are, you know, our streamers, our content creators, um, there's a lot of resources there. We're really proud of that. And there's stay tuned for more. The next set of, of resources are going to be on burnout. There's going to be three videos on burnout. So that's really awesome. And then we have, um, uh, so there's, so there's those. Um, I mentioned some of this work we're doing around online harassment and, and hate speech and stuff. And so we're doing some really interesting research. So it's, that's not really like there's nothing to do but to keep an eye out for that. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's so like I said, we, we've just gone through this like I think the the whole like Internet community has just gone through like a, a like a, a sort of like cultural button reset moment, like our awareness um, there have been some, without being too specific, no, I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. We went through four years of, of the orange man, uh, and it utterly changed how we talk to each other on the internet, especially, you know, the, from the, you know, it, it, it changed how we talk about it. Some of us are more aware of that than others. I, and I think it, it changed how we, we, and, and we're sort of like the folks who are aware are like looking back and they're like, we need to like, maybe figure this out and, and make something more equitable, make something, yeah. Uh, make safer spaces and stuff like this. This idea that, like, you know, Twitter is a is a is a town square that I see thrown around sometimes. I'm like, ah, like, is it though? <laughs> like, and and you know, some of these 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 other more you know 
pernicious ideas uh, about how we interact and 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 stuff like that. And you know, as a dirty anarchist, I'm not one to like uh, you want to make a bunch of rules for everybody or anything like that. But I do believe in a social contract, and we're having a moment where I think we get to sort of reevaluate that. And it's really good to have research and data to back that. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, um, for sure. Yeah, and um, um, and I uh, I'm a little bit more um interested in in regulation than say you are but i and i think there's a room for it but there's also like there's a lot of people don't know how to regulate this space like it's very hard to do it well and so that's my concern um but yeah so that's one of our big announcements the other thing is that inside the industry we're doing really interesting work um we're partnering with feminist frequency which is another nonprofit in games um and Take This and Feminist Frequency are doing the Culture Shift Project, which is the first time we're trying to do actually full-scale, studio-wide uh, intervention around the issue of gender-based harm. So trying to tackle this thing, we talked about all of these revelations about um, sexual assault and harassment and abuse in the industry. And, oh, this and repugnant Blizzard. Started. Like, I, I won't stream a Blizzard mm-hmm. game to this day. Like, but here's the just, thing. So, yeah. Here's the thing is that it is... It is ubiquitous across games. Right. I mean, it's ubiquitous across the industry, across like culture, society at large. But like in games, it's particularly bad. Blizzard and Ubisoft and Riot were a matter of degree. They were not like they were not. They're not outliers in any other way. Right. And in fact, there's there's other places that are probably just as bad. And so, um, what we're trying to do is say, hey, you know. If you're going to make these changes, you've got to make them at the leadership level, mm-hmm. and um, and you've got to do it for everybody, and you've got to look not just at um, how you talk about it, but how you address it, and what the systems and policies and procedures are right. in place. And so um, that work is, we're just beginning that. We're doing our first studio engagement right now, and that's really exciting. Um, so so you're actually engaging with a studio to sort of help help. Uh, Sort of yeah, so we're doing some of these changes and stuff. We're yeah. doing, you know, listening sessions. We're doing um, survivor response. We're doing training. Uh, and then we're going to do systems design work. Like, That's how true. do you how do you respond to allegations? How do you how do you address harm in a meaningful way? How do you do right. a ac- practice accountability in meaningful ways? Right. How do you support people's experience um, of trauma? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, because I mean, it's going to need. There's going to need to be systemic change. If there's not systemic yeah. change, this this problem is just going to like continue, like across, just sort of laterally, right? Like it's just going to. Yeah. And um, so no, I I think that's really awesome. Um, and then the other thing I saw just kind of uh, going on on Twitter, advertised around, was that there was this take this identity in gaming, uh, mental health panel where they're they're you're going to have a little two hour. Uh, panels for you know uh, very focused on some of those intersectional uh, future you know black uh, you know Latin indigenous and and just kind of going down and that's awesome I'm so excited about this Um, we've just hired somebody to work with us Cassie Walker um, who um, is mental woke on Twitter and they're a fantastic advocate and practitioner and um, that that series is um, is slated to start uh, the summer and um and we're we're actually we're we have a call out for moderators who are all going to be therapists or clinicians of some sort and um and and uh panel participants 
who um, share share identities. So we're going to have like kind of groups groups that are shared identity. Because what we realized, one of my board members, um, Tanya DePass, who's Cipher of Tear, um, she's part of the the tabletop community in a big way. Um, Tanya, you know, put out a call. She's like, I want to see mental health resources that are for people of color and people of diff- of marginalized identities and are is by that community, right? Like enough yes. of white white people talking <laughs> down. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we're we're an all white organization. We need to do something about that. And so this is this is part of my response to right. that. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. this is something I. So I, I'm actually from from a biracial family, and even though you know I'm at the cookout, I I my I my opinion on my brother Raphael's experience isn't the opinion someone should have. It is his. Yeah. You know, and that's something yeah. I, I, you know, I can build you a bridge to go see him, but I, you know, like, or I can, you know, close that gap, but I can't, um, you know, there are limits to, to, uh, you know, the, you know, in my case, you know, uh, you know, the dominant demographic of the status, status quo or whatever, there is a limit to, the advocacy I can do meaningfully because I'm always going to have some blind spots. I'm always going to have, have some implicit thing that was, that was embedded in me. And I don't know it's there until I'm like, Oh, Hey, that was a, you know, microaggression. Like, and those sort of things like where you're just, and, and more so you know, representation f- freaking matters, you know, like it, here, it really matters. you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. folks who want to come and talk to me and my experiences as a dad, like, cool. Like, up. Oh, tell you about being a dad like maybe someone doesn't want to hear about my per- my perspective on a mom you know they'd probably rather talk to my my partner you know it's 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 you know that stuff matters um and so i think mm-hmm. especially in mental health especially where we're not seeing the parity uh, of treatment yeah well and it's not just parity of treatment like the history around um around racialized especially racialized um uh, diagnoses and treatment and patho- path- pathologic pathologizing mm-hmm. of brown and black bodies and women's bodies and, and existence is is pretty serious and so we have to you know we have to take that seriously and we have to we we have to incorporate that into the way we talk about mental health or else we're not really talking about the thing and like one of the things that's so interesting is that um, cognitive behavioral therapy, right, is is really considered by many people, white people, like best practice for anxiety and depression because it helps change your thinking and your perspective. And but CBT, as it's practiced, and there's folks in my staff who will quibble with me about this. Not, it's not as as it was founded, but as it's practiced, it's really, really very much focused on the individual and not around the context in which you live, right? And for a lot of people. Their mental um, mental health challenges or diagnoses come about in large part because of the the systems in which they live, because mm-hmm. the systems are messed up and the systems systemically oppress them, mm-hmm. and so of course they're going to have negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, if you don't talk about that stuff, and in, in, when you're talking about mental well being or mental health or mental illness, you're not really talking about the stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh, the um. Uh, Alex, who was in my chat earlier, Alexalopoulos, mm-hmm. um, yeah. as I said, he's a, he's a therapist. He, we were having a conversation on one of the shows I did a little while ago. I think it was actually off off air. We were just talking about it and how mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, that he's aware of in his practice, uh, his group that he works with, is uh, is sort of like that. Even the mental health sort of uh, like codification that we are currently using is through a Western, often white, Super often male. West. 
Yeah, a uh, framework. And so even you're just you're applying that framework on top of, you know, this other stuff and and so it's you're not getting this the best analysis quite frankly, uh, you're not getting the best view, I guess would be a better way of putting it of yeah. mental health, right? Yeah, there's a lot of limits to it. Um so, so I think that's So yeah, so that 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 set of panels that's set to launch this summer, I'm really excited about. That's awesome. Um, some of the most important work we've done. Sorry, I keep getting distracted because my You're dog fine. wants something from me. You're fine. And I, I keep not getting up, so <laughs> it's, it's... I'm gonna have to deal with it. No. Poor, I have a I have a fourteen year old dog and uh it, he like... needed IV fluids today. Oof. Poor thing. Oh yeah, my corgi, she's she's um uh, she's 14 she's uh yeah. her back legs aren't moving so well anymore but she's she's still like she's still healthy you know we she just yeah. had her checkup of a, um, a month ago and they're like oh no she's healthy you know, she's old but she's healthy like you know yeah, the, the, right. everything I mean, that's everything that could be right with her is right with her you know like yeah she's gonna have some like arthritis but like she's healthy you know if you want you can give her some painkillers and i'm like can you tell if she's in pain? Like I, she seems all right. Like, but <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah. I don't painkillers on the ethics of painkillers as as a uh, yeah. Uh, still here, uh, Alex. Alex is still here. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, we, good. Yeah. So you, you can confirm that. And then um, uh, I was laughing earlier while you were on this sort of like heartfelt and meaningful uh, 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 point uh, because Saturni Rose uh, she pointed out that uh, I learned how to be a dad from Bandit Healer, which is Bluey's. <laughs> Fantastic. Good shout, Saturday. I had to you I had, you check eggs got it. <laughs> uh let's see. We all gotta learn somehow. Uh somewhere, whether or not. Uh yeah. Uh Lexoff uh Alex says C B T is great at a lot of things, but it can definitely fall into the trap of applying a Western individualistic cognitive heavy approach that may not be yeah. uh appropriate for all clients or issues. That's uh, exactly true. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. I'm 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 not a I'm not a mental health professional. I'm just a person who talks too much. Um. Well, I'm not. A, and to be clear, like I'm not a mental health professional either. I just work with a lot of them right. and have been engaged in these conversations with them for a long time. So I've yeah. learned quite a lot, but I have no degree and no certification and right. <laughs> or licensure. Right, but as you pointed out, um, like you you have a the masters in that that sort of uh, what was it cultural uh, was it cultural. Oh, now you're. Yeah, cultural studies. Called, now I'm cultural. getting growled at. Here, Uh-oh. we're going to take... Hold, yeah. hold on. I am going to <laughs> take you on a walk. All right. <laughs> All right. That sounds fun. Hmm. I know. You still here? Yeah. See, chat gang, you never know what you're going to get. This is the, the, best, the best Warhammer show, not about Warhammer, on the internet. I know. Um, I know. Thank you all for your... Um, Patience and uh, welcome to a tour of my house. <laughs> uh, Damn if they don't uh, do a good job of researching the crap under their tools to make sure they work, though. See, like, I see, like, now I, I got to have Alex back on here soon because, like, I want to talk about like the yeah, t- talk more in depth about some of this stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. And my my crew, um, we have in, you know internal debates in our team. And you know, inside Slack and stuff, all the time about this stuff, and it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Well, I mean, the eternal curiosity is my superpower. Like, like, and yeah, the, and so it's it's just totally is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, so, um, all right, I'm still here. I'm just feeding nope. my dog. Nope, you're cool. Um, so he stops growling at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Uh, I'm going to keep this term circle just so I can start using it, pilfering it off the internet, dark participation. Um, oh, yes. Very fun. Awesome. I will tell Rachel that you've started to use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Utter, utterly pilfering it from the, uh, uh, you know, like, let, let's get this thing in the zeitgeist. This is amazing. Uh, yep. Uh, when I retire from, from podcasting, I'm going to become a video essayist, and I, I, will, talk, I will talk about this. That's awesome. I'm told that video essays is where you make the big bucks. Um, that's well, it. we'll find out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I'm going to take this moment while you feed your dog just to kind of like shamelessly self-promote a little bit because uh, the Rantathon 3, which is, uh, of course, I will be raising money for Take This uh, this year. This is my yeah. third year doing uh, doing uh, doing the Rantathon. So Rantathon 3, a link to the rants. The Zelda reference is a double entendre because take this also has a has a uh, uh, you know has is a Zelda reference so so that was on yes, purpose that was on purpose everyone <laughs> you're welcome for my terrible sense of humor uh, but uh, if anyone happens to be in chat gang or anyone's like watching this at a later date on on YouTube or catching it on uh, any of the podcast apps um, Rantathon is July 30th and July 31st um, we will be uh, raising a bunch of money for uh for take this uh to help with some of this advocacy to to help with with uh with a lot of this um i for me uh it felt a little bit like destiny when i stumbled upon take this uh and made the decision to like to sort of shift away from from mha that the gamer vibes the it was like almost immediate validation i sent an email to you i'm like wow like this is you know <laughs> yeah, I, like i've been awesome. i've been you know, I'm like, wow, okay, like this is, you know, like there's a harmony to to this. I'm like, this is this makes a lot of sense. And and um, Doctor B will actually be on. I believe it is 2 p.m. on July 30th uh, for one of the guest blocks, giving away an entire Crix army. Uh, it is not a raffle. This is just an appreciation of anyone who donates. Minimum five dollars. Everyone's entered. You get one entry. Uh, it doesn't matter how much or how little. Uh, you donate because every little bit matters, um, and someone could win a, a whole Crix army. We've got all kinds of stuff. We were just crunching the numbers today; something like seven thousand dollars worth of of prize support. Uh, from, That's amazing! I'm so from, excited for this. Well, there's that part of my brain where I'm like, we just we got like seven thousand dollars in prizes. Why don't we just like pawn it all and donate that? <laughs> like, and then I don't have to work <laughs> as hard. <laughs> like, 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 just eBay it all. Let's go. Uh, but no, it's it's. I think the other part of this is it is the visibility, it is the advocacy, yeah. it is spreading the word. So even if you can't donate something, watch. You know, you might learn something that you can use in your life. Or I mean, you're not gonna learn anything. We're gonna we're really just gonna like banter the whole, just thirty straight hours. Yeah, um, it's gonna be fun. But it will be fun banter for thirty straight fun. hours. Yeah, and then we'll yeah. sometimes point at like mental health. We like mental health. Take this, and then uh, you'll have it in your mind. Uh, that like these things are important, and then that will be some pretty good advocacy. That'll that'll build things into the zeitgeist. And like I said, I mean, times are tough. People, uh, you know, out there trying to survive. Your mental bandwidth is where it is. Um, so signal boost. Tell people that we're trying to raise some money for for mental health. Uh, you know. And, and listen, you know, half the battle with mental health is just creating a space like where it's okay to talk about it, and like telling people that this is a normal thing to have a conversation about because it's so much of what happens with mental health is people are just afraid. The stigma is so strong and um, it's it, getting better. It's getting a lot better, but it still exists and people have a really hard time talking about it. So the oh. more we just say it's worth talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and and when you see folks show up and they're like, "There's seven thousand dollars worth of worth of uh, worth of stuff," like clearly people care about mental health. Like this is I, I I talking about falling into things. I'm I did the first rantathon as a joke. Someone said my shows were too long, and I said I'll show them, and I spited them by doing a twenty-seven hour charity stream. Like I'm like, well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make the longest podcast ever, it might as well be for charity. And I stayed up all twenty-seven hours. Uh, I, as a streamer, a twenty-four hour stream is kind of a rite of passage. I'd done a, I'd done a few for my birth. It was usually my birthday tradition. And I'm like, instead of my birthday twenty-four hour stream this year, I'll do a charity one instead. And like, you know, it wasn't. And that's it, but it was out of spite. But but the thing is, is like I I had one box of minis to give away. That was for my personal coffers. I'm like I got one box of minis to go away. I'll raise about seven hundred bucks for for mental health. Like it'll be great. Um, and then people are like, hey, can I donate a prize? Can I donate something to you? And like and then and I'm like, sure. And next thing I knew, we'd we'd raise seven thousand dollars. You know, like it was it was a whirlwind. And then the next year we did better. And this year, I want to do even better still. Now. It is a joke to not tell you my real goal that it's I, I've said it on the Tiltify page, which should go live tonight or tomorrow. Um, and I'll email that to you, too. So if, if there's some folks in your organization that need that, um, you'll have that. and You can see the all the stuff we're giving away. It's not just it's not just um, it's not just Warhammer stuff. There's board games in there uh, like Atlas Games is, is donating a, a plain Gia is their new thing that they're coming out with the D&D 5th ed setting thing. Uh they're they're donating a deluxe uh they're donating a, a deluxe box of that or a deluxe version of that uh that launches this fall. Um we've got uh board games uh I think there's some dice, there's custom t-shirts, all kinds of stuff. Um nice. so nice. so it's a lot of stuff. I'll, I'll have that Tiltify page up. Um and the joke is we're trying to 10,000 like and then we'll do like the slow reveal of like all the wacky incentives afterwards because that's you know I I have a bad yeah, sense of humor really and it's gotten me here right but what we're but really Ulf is here and Ulf will tell you what we're trying to raise is fifteen four oh four uh four oh four not found uh because then he's going to drive up uh to my neck of the woods and fight me for real in full armor uh, on camera for everyone's amusement. Now that sounds like fun. Yeah, see, he's in SCA uh, battles, like which is the you know like the mm-hmm. one of the big yeah. So so he will fight me for real in armor if we raise a bunch of money this year, everybody. So I uh, I really I, I have a vested interest <laughs> both because I want the money for the organization because we can use it, right? And also because that sounds amazing and I want to see that. Oh, he's like he is he is uh, he is the mountain that games or the mountain that paints that that fully painted mm-hmm. uh, Crick's army the full fully painted Stormcast army uh, mm-hmm. and there's a fully painted Necron's army so those three armies that's that's Ulf uh, so he, he did wow. it just because he wants to beat me up for real IRL and for all of you all to see it uh, so and and I'm I'm for it like apparently I'll be in armor I might have a katana which I, I think is pretty sweet like I don't Is he know. gonna get armor for <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah he's gonna get he's got I gotta send him my measurements he's gonna he's gonna borrow some borrow some armor and we'll we'll do a video of like sparring or whatever if we raise that 15 for that's amazing so um uh the goal is set at ten thousand, but the secret goal is 15 404 so that ulf paints the mountain who paints uh will beat me up uh in armor uh for your amusement chat gang so so uh july 30th july 31st please please tell everybody tune in we've got a lot of swag uh and it's for a great cause and like this is this is, you've you've hung out here for an hour and a half with us uh you've heard uh eve talking or uh uh talking about all this and uh yeah so just 
good cause. They're doing great stuff, and I think that that parallel between uh, video games and the gaming industry. I know Doctor uh, Doctor B, who will be on, uh, is a avid tabletop gamer. Uh, I know Chat Gang. He plays Warmer Hordes. I know he's not as cool as Age of Sigmar, but we forgive him. He's doing he's doing some good work and uh, does some D and D stuff. He's actually done a clinical study, as I understand, uh, with like t- yeah. Go ahead. Can you yeah, actually speak he, to that at wrote, all? Yeah. yeah, so he wrote Gardens of Fog, which is a, a, a one-shot adventure. Um, and it, I, I will ruin it if I say too much about it, but it has a mental health theme. Um, and it's it's a really lovely uh, little, you know, two two to three-hour adventure um, that um, that dives into the, you know, some, some real mental health stuff. And it tries to be accurate, but also it's a, you know. Fun, yeah. He he is a he is a devoted and DM. He also actually his expertise is using a, a role playing games in therapeutic settings with youth, which is fascinating. Yeah, there, I've seen some studies. So this is really cool really because cool. this yeah. is I've seen some studies in particular with um with a, a spectrum disorder or or, or uh, children yeah. on the autistic spectrum. Um, and one of my one of my best friends in Age of Sigmar, um, he's would have formerly been called Aspergers, but they kind of that's the old old um terminology and and he'll be the first to tell you that it was like really weird for him to kind of go his whole life knowing that this is what he had and then he doesn't have that like term anymore and that there's yeah. actually been some um you know this is the kind of stuff that we don't think about with mental health is like you know when your labels change you know yeah like yeah, and, and no, now you're like deal. and now you're like well now my well, labels what am I now? yeah what am i now and um and some of that but uh you, like for for age of sigmar just age of sigmar which isn't as uh, explicitly social as it is it is very much a social game but but rpgs are very explicitly social like that's the game is the social right um whereas in aos social is a component of it uh because you have to communicate with your opponent you, you have to it's not magic the gathering uh which i used to play i can go anywhere in the world and like put the card down and like you know, right. i don't need to speak the same language which for better or worse by the way that's actually one of the things that's kind of fascinating oh, and great totally, about it. totally yeah but yeah. with aos you have that social component and uh, with with his autism, he said that like having like a codified like structure of social interaction has been one of the best things for him. Um, and uh, like I, lo- I love Nick to death. He he'll he'll be on the rantathon. Uh, he he has a he is a doctor of Warhammer. Uh, not that his doctor is in Warhammer, just like Alex here. Um, and uh, and uh, like it's it's funny because like I'm a very sarcastic kind of individual mm-hmm. and he'll like look at me and I'll just be like was that sarcasm I'm like yeah he's like cool and it's like because it, he does it, but because you have this safe framework of a game to interact with people you're able to sort of you have sort of like a, a center or focal point and I saw yeah. very specifically with RPGs like having really sort of like huge great like sort of like teaching uh, methods and like really helping especially yeah. children uh, with with autism and on the spectrum and stuff like yeah and actually um, just this is a personal story so during the the pandemic my uh, we formed a pod with two other families right because um, I have we have an only child and and she was not gonna survive the pandemic without yeah. um, other kids and and my husband David started um, a D&D game for the three kids and they were nine when we they started playing and now they're all 11 and um and it was it was a lot of teaching them social norms and like how to how to take like have empathy and, and perspective taking like how to play a character as opposed right. to themselves right it was 
so fascinating to watch that all take shape through a D and D game. It was really cool. Yeah, no, really cool. I mean that's I mean that's the beauty. So I I run um a vampire game every every Wednesday nice. on Twitch. Um, and my vampire group's coming on, so that even they'll be there to help raise money for Take This, and we're gonna Great. we're giving away some vampire books. because uh, nothing nice. says mental health like pretending you're a freaking vampire. Um. <laughs> that sounds like super fun That's, to me. I'm telling I, you. Yeah, no, like, uh, no, it's 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 a blast. Like, but but for me, like RPGs, gaming has been my therapy. I mean, I uh, yeah. I used. Now, there's a part where that scale tips unhealthy, right? But but I because yeah, absolutely, yeah. But um, and this is what that what's so funny, kind of just resetting from earlier with my son, where where like his therapist is like, no, if video games have become his thing for decompression, you gotta let him keep that. And so, like, you know, like, you can set a healthy boundary, like, uh, like a, you know, like a timer, like a parental control where, like, yeah. he only gets one hour or whatever. But if that's what his thing is, then you got to let him keep that. And um, for me, I'm like, I'm like, how did I miss this? You know, because <laughs> I like I was, you know, like I literally would run away from my home uh, to avoid some stuff at home and go to the game store. Uh, you know, and and to not confront the, you know, monsters in my house. I would go into games and fight monsters in a game where I could actually, you know, Them. right. And, and, win. Yeah. and, and yeah. that helped me personally, you know, uh, turn into the awesome micro internet celebrity, uh, I am today. Like, um, <laughs> with a great sense we of We all need a place in life. Right. Like we have to yeah. find our spot and, yeah. you know, apparently this is yours. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, games are amazing and they can be maladaptive. Absolutely. But, Games are really amazing mm-hmm. in the way that they give people access to to worlds and perspectives. Yeah. 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 And then and then there's the community aspect of like game culture, which yeah. I think is it's had some rocky. There's been some rocky bits with it, um, and but being able to be like, hey, you like that video game, I like that video game too. Like now, and then you just make a friend. As I'm a, you know, like I. It's easier for me to make friends in any gaming community than it is like at work or any other social situation as an as an adult, especially. You know, and it's like you know I've got a couple friends we've made through the school because our kids hang out, and I'm like the only way I make friends these days is like my kids hang out with them. So like I guess we're gonna have to tolerate the parents. Might as well like have a board game night, um, or through like you know gaming, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, Totally. <laughs> Not everyone's fit to be the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. You're, you're right, Skelebron. <laughs> you're correct. Yeah, it's, it's a tough job. Somebody's got to be the most that dangerous man in AOS. <laughs> And uh, like, uh, just so you know, Ulf, you do not get the crown if you beat me for real with physical weapons. Uh, because I didn't say I'm the most dangerous man with weapons physically in AOS. So you, you, like, I get to maintain that title. Uh, <laughs> I didn't give it to myself. Getting in the middle of that debate. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there, uh, you know, kind of like wrap, wrap up here? Is there anything mm-hmm. else we didn't touch on? Something, anything you wanted to uh, to get to that you uh, has been kicking around in your head? Um, anything um, we talked on but kind of talked over or talked past that you want to reset? <laughs> I would say no. I mean, we got we covered a lot. This was good. We yeah. you know we may we got we went down enough rabbit holes that we kind of circled back around, which is awesome, and I had fun doing it. So um, yeah, I just I think the most important thing here, I'm gonna let my dog back in, is to really reaffirm that like um, uh, finding and getting the help that you need is possible. 
And having a community is one of the most important things to building your own resilience. So these, like, if you're here and you're part of this community, like, you're already doing a lot to help yourself, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's awesome. And uh, keep doing it. And keep being, keep being open and vulnerable and honest with your, with the people you trust in your life. And you will be okay. You will find the support you need. Right um, it may take some time. It may take some, you know, like, oh, I didn't know I had that. That's an interesting new revelation. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but you'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. the um, having to re, like, with the the bipolar one, because, and this is where like my um. My therapist did like jujitsu on me. I'm like, I was thinking about switching therapists. Um, just kind of piggyback off that. Uh, the yeah. first, if 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 someone out there like you're already in the part of the community, cool, like awesome. Um, if you think you need therapy, it is intimidating. It is hard. But if you already to that point, like, yeah, like you already kind of know. Go if you if you're able to again talk to your primary care physician, ask for a referral. Uh, that'll keep you in network. If you don't have insurance, a really handy, there's probably even some resources on Take This uh, resource page. Uh, one of the ones I used in my 20s uh, when I needed some help with like sleep studies and my insomnia um, was uh, through the, basically, uh, I, I lived in a college town. So the college had uh, their sort of undergrad or their graduates working on getting their clinical hours. Uh, it's a, a, yeah, these clinics. So yeah. the, it's a free service. Because they need their hours and you need the therapy. So, like, that's a really good resource if that's mm -hmm. around. Otherwise, take this. Um, but that first time is going to be uh, difficult when you go in and the second time's harder. Um, it's especially hard for, and this is where your, where your intersectionality comes in, uh, men are half, as like, or, or half as likely to go back as, as women yeah. that second, to that second session. So uh, I, know, uh, I, know my, I know my demographics, gentlemen. Uh, in chat gang uh, <laughs> go back the second time too i've never felt so i am a guy who talks too much and isn't afraid to tell you what he believes and i have never felt more exposed than when i that first session in therapy yeah therapy can be really intense um i would say yeah don't be afraid to stick with it. but also one of the things is that the research has shown that one of the most important aspects of um or measures, predictors of success in therapy mm -hmm. is if you have a good relationship with your therapist. And so if you come, you find a therapist and you're like, I don't think I can trust this person or they don't get me at all. Like you show up as a gamer and they're like, game suck or I don't <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't be afraid to look for a new therapist. Many of them will even refer you to somebody to else if you uh, ask them. Yeah. Yeah. And this is yeah. so like I have I have my like prescribe therapist and I yep. was like I'm like, all right, prescribe therapist, like I don't know if it's jiving with talkie therapist. Do you know if someone and she's like, Well you could ask her and I'm like, Okay. But she did some like jujitsu on me, uh <laughs> like this last therapy session where like I'm like I was I was already thinking about changing because uh and then because she, we, we weren't really, you know, it was like basic stuff. Like, well, if you're stressed with the job, like just talky talky, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why haven't you told me anything about what's wrong with me yet? And, uh, you know, like why, you know, I've manic depression. Like, why aren't we talking about that stuff? And, and then, and then, I'm, and then I just like, as these rabbit holes kind of go and I'm, if you let me talk long enough, I'll, I'll say something. Um, she, uh, <laughs> she, I started describing a hypomania phase basically. 
how I'd felt reckless in my relationships, uh, how I, you know, like going and like she heard all the indicators of, of mania and she goes, and I it talked about how like it all punctuated on Saturday night when I felt literally invincible and I ended up uh, in the first, you know, scuffle I've been in for about 15 years. And she's like, well, that's hypomania. And she like, and the way she talked to me and navigated me through all that, I was just like, huh, you didn't talk about my manic depression for six sessions because the first thing I said to you was I was afraid of my mom's manic depression. So you didn't like force me to talk about it. You waited until I, and I'm like, I see you now chess, mis- like chess mistress. Like I, yeah. like I see what, so now, uh, like I'm, uh, I actually like she, in that moment, like I just like, okay, no, like I'm like, she probably is the, 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 the like the therapist I need. Um, yeah. And, and that was, and, and I told that whole story to chat gang to say, like, if you think you go there, you know, give it, you got to go back. And if it's really not working, you don't trust them, especially that's where you need to seek a referral. Yeah. And most yeah. of the time they will, they will refer you and, and um, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of tools, a lot of resources on take this, this is their resource page had me at hello um, alone, plus the intersectionality work, which I'm like, I, Gaming is an island of misfit toys, you know, like we're just, we're all coming, you know, it's, it's, you know, this is where you see the most just diverse group of folks. There's, you know, like it's, it's also a place where we can, you know, have equity and parity. You know, I get to make up a human being in an RPG and be literally anybody, right? Like it's, Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that sort of stuff and having a little bit more representation on the video game side of things, uh, things that, that take this as advocating for, um, you know, and doing the work there. Like I, I couldn't be happier to throw money at an organization like mental health and making games better. Here you go. Take all my money here, brother. Take all checkings money. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, so we do something on Rantcast. It's called the Final Soapbox. Uh, this can be a random rabbit hole. If this is a if there's that you can abuse my platform to say anything that's uh, that's on your mind. You can if you want to talk about how great dogs are, like whatever it is. It's supposed to be in good humor. Uh, this is your. I've talked way too much. I always talk way too much. It is now. I'm giving you my soapbox to get back at me. Um, oh wow. <laughs> so the final. Oh soapbox. wow. Um. Oh no! I don't know what to say. There's so many things. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. avoid. I'm gonna avoid current events because that's just gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I will say, um, so, uh, um, I will say that. So it's spring here, and I'm, I live in the Pacific Northwest, outside of Seattle, and um, I love to garden, and I'm starting to like, um. I'm starting to plant stuff and, and we're harvesting like asparagus and kale from last year, et cetera. And I have to say for mental health, for general well-being, and for like being a good person and like understanding where you sit in the world, I really, I think, I think you, everybody should like play in the, like work in the dirt. Even if you live in a, an apartment in the middle of the city, like have a little window herb box, garden, herb, like herb some gardens, yeah. herb garden, you know, yeah. or, like or flowers. I don't care. But like, put your hands in dirt and like be connected to the real stuff. Mm -hmm. There's something, you know, like I, I love games. I play games. My whole family plays games, um, both RPG and, and board and, uh, like tabletop and board games and, and video games. But like, there is nothing that can replace getting dirty. 
Right. In the dirt. <laughs> I mean, no, brilliant, brilliant, and and a hot take, no less too. Like you, the video game, video game, video games. Uh, put the controller dirt. down, nerd. Go play in the dirt. Like, yeah. love it, love it. No, be brilliant. Um, I actually, uh, we we've got our Lulu, my partner. I, I've got to get out there and 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 build our box. Um, but uh, for those yeah. of you in in cities, by the way, um, uh, she's right. Uh, like it's uh, urban gardens, community gardens. Uh, like you probably have some local group that's doing something like that. Uh, one of the pound for pound, like absolute best, uh, like, uh, like in terms of like equity and, um, and like charitability and giving back to communities and grassroots movements and stuff, community gardens and urban in, in urban centers are huge. So if, if, if you're looking for something to support besides mental health, community gardens are, are amazing. Amazing. They, yeah, I love their plague for, for food food equity and like access. Yeah, urban urban gardens um, and all kinds of that stuff. And just like, yeah, get a little planter, get a little dirt. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> and then uh, and then any uh, and anything you need to shout out on socials, any websites you need to plug again, anything that we need to uh, make sure people know about. So we're take this org on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're on LinkedIn and we're at takethis.org online. And come find us. We uh, we and we have a Discord. We have a very small Discord. You can find it through our um, uh, through our website, and um, it's a it's it is the loveliest, sweetest, most supportive community out there. And um, if you want a really um, positive mental health environment, come join our Discord. Right on, right on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, take take this org at, uh, all one word is the YouTube as well, which has some excellent resources. The Mental Health Minutes. Uh, I've watched all of them a couple times now at this nice. point, so. Um. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So, Chat Gang, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, joining us tonight. Um, thank you so much for being on. This is uh, this was excellent. And uh, Chat Gang, thanks for your yeah. patience with my dog. No, 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 no. It's uh, I love the live format. I love the I guess the authenticity of it all. Like I, it's just um, I can edit down stuff that ends up on like in someone's headphones later. Uh, but when you're here, the ch chat's talking. It's 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 that's. That's why streaming's awesome, you know. It's true. You know, it's, actually, <laughs> this is what I love about it. This is the, uh, you know, it's it's just uh, for me, like some of the best moments in video games were going over to my friend's house and just like sitting on his couch and like not even playing multiplayer games, just that like like being alone together type experience. And and that for me, streaming kind of does that where you have that like organic, like you're just just hanging out. Um, it's almost yeah. a crime that I call this a podcast. Um. <laughs> but Jack Gang, you are the show within the show. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes, be excellent to yourselves and each other. We'll catch you next time. Good night, Eve. Good night. <laughs>